Got to do it. Move the window. Oh. oh, look at that. You snuck something in, didn't you? Not sneaking. If I do it when you're watching. You're you're like you're like a creditor to me. You're you're like you're like a creditor and you're just you're you're constantly creating new things for me to be in debt for. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? Mm, can't say that. Have. Creditor okay. is the one like you owe money to me, right? That's what you're I owe to something say. to you. Ugh. Just always, always, you're just grinding me down with all these things I haven't done yet. <laughs> you you say fun. grinding, I say sharpening. Uh-huh. Tomato. <laughs> yeah, you grind me like a knife. Mm-hmm. That's, how, like that's how you sharpen them. You, you don't no. sharpen them by giving them money. Can't, can't we just hone? Sure. Can't we just hone sometimes? Can't you just say good job, buddy? You made it through another week or two. I, I've never done so little and so badly wanted a vacation in my goddamn life. You, you made it through the wilderness? I made, made it, through it through the rain. Mm. We just, we, uh, you know, like two ships that pass in the night. Mm-hmm. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. <sighs> All right, let's, <laughs> let's commence the, the beating. Let's, let's start the one-man blanket party. I'll just be sleeping soundly here, and you can just start hitting me on the head with a bar of soap well, or something. Well, it makes you think uh, bad things are going to happen to you. I see very well what's happening. I see you keep the thing that I tried to gray out <laughs> so many min- months ago that you would not let me get rid of. That's, here's what's staring at me. Four right. pieces of homework I haven't done. Okay, I, I, I will allow you that follow-up because that was hilarious how many people wrote in about that. I yeah, see something more right. follow-up that I'm interested in. And then down below, I see, I see several landmines waiting for me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get get on with the show. How you doing, John? Pretty good. Uh, good. Last week we apparently tried to think of a movie and failed. What happened was what had happened was you uh, were trying to. (laughs) This is going to get. It's going to fold back on itself a little Mm -hmm, bit, like mm -hmm. an interstellar pencil. Uh, You um, wanted to uh, draw from your memory an example of something that happened, and you thought a film where you said the guy, the person's favorite part of every day was hoping that you don't show up because you moved on to the next thing, and you were, you were doing it in bullets like you do. And apparently, from what I can gather, thank you to everybody who listens to the show, first of all, but also, we are apparently the only people in the contiguous United States who could not remember what film this was from, because boy, did we ever hear from people. Arguably one of our greatest responses from people Mm -hmm. you dinglings how could you forget this i think it's here's why i think it's because we didn't ever circle back and deal with it very often we talk about something in the show it's like oh what's that thing i just can't quite remember but then eventually one of us get one of us gets it or we talk about it later in the show and we figure it out or someone just gives up and goes to google and we just didn't do that this time now here's the thing we record these podcasts i don't know in some weird time warp where you know time has no meaning and then some period, uh, a long time later, they are released, right? So I'm just minding my business, hiding from uh, the virus. Like, uh, and just, just, I'm sorry, point else. of information. Um, I have to listen to the show to do the show notes and, and descriptions. But even when you are choosing uh, your choices for a uh, title, even when you are looking over the description, you're only asking for clarifications. What did we mean in this part? You do not, I believe, listen to the finished program until it has been published. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there on Twitter, and then all of a sudden, uh, people keep tweeting at me the title of a movie. And, and the, the exact same YouTube link. All right. So they're tweeting the title of the movie. And I'm like, I, I let it slide for the first few times because I'm like, this is probably someone listening to one of my podcasts, and there, there's some 
question that was asked on the podcast and they have an answer for it. Did not connect it to this show yet, but I just keep getting the title. And I'm like, well, just let it go. Because like by the fifth or sixth tweet, you'll figure it out because someone will provide more context. But no, context was not forthcoming. Mm-mm. People continued to post the, the title can, of can our I ask movie. a question? Do people check to see if anybody else had uh, posted it? Uh, you can't expect it's that, very right? Dif- that's very difficult. But do. what I expected at least was some kind of context. What show are they talking about? Yeah. Same, what, same three what words. Question, same three what words. Because mm-hmm. I do multiple podcasts. What question was I asking in response? Eventually, someone did at Rectifs, and they put the title of the movie. I'm like, aha, this is in response to a Rectifs episode. I'm like, but what? Was I trying to think of a movie on Rectifs? Did we ask a question about a movie? Eventually, I, I resorted to this. This is how, this is how, how far I've fallen. I resorted to replying to someone and saying, can you please give me some context? I know. Like, like a, li- a little help? Anything? <laughs> and then they replied again and said, you know, the show. I'm like, come on, a little more. <laughs> a little bit more. Just meet me halfway here. Uh-huh. And then eventually somebody explained it to me. I'm like, oh. So I'd forgotten so much about uh, us having not been able to think of this movie. And then it all came back. And then... I got to enjoy, you know, the usual whatever it is. Did you want to do you want to tell people what it was? <laughs> Two or three weeks of of people sending. Oh, you should leave them hanging. Leave them hanging for now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll tell them. So we were trying to think of. I was trying to think of a movie theme. A scene. It was from the movie Goodwill Hunting, which I yep. see many, many times, and it doesn't surprise me that uh, that scene was foremost in my memory. It kind of surprised me that I couldn't remember it, but obviously it didn't bother me that much, and I just moved on. And so anyway, thank you for everyone for telling us that it was Goodwill Hunting. We will put the link to the relevant scene in the show notes because it is, for once, an apparently officially sanctioned snippet of just that one scene that I was talking about that's put on YouTube mm-hmm. in an official capacity, not subject to, well, I'm going to say not subject to DMCA takedown, but that's not true because you can write, record, own, and sell your own song, put it up on YouTube, and YouTube will take it down for copyright violation because that's how YouTube works. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Jason Snell was talking about that not too long ago. Yeah, uh, Apple. Oh, no, he, he got stuff taken down that Apple gave him for the express purpose of posting. It's 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 impossible. It's just it's well, I mean, a, it's in this. So thank you to everybody who did that. I do appreciate it. Is that the, like in the third act? It's toward the end of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it does seem like just very quickly uh, along the lines of almost like a nuisance lawsuit. Like I'm not sure how it's any more than just straightforward trolling sometimes. It just seems like you're just trolling people. You're just bugging them going like, oh, I'm going to do a, uh, not a DMCA, but a, often a, like a claim on, I mean, because then there's no way you can say, hey, you know, uh, whatever, I'm, I'm this label, and so I should be getting the money from this or something like that. Isn't that a kind of claim you can do? You can, yeah, anyone can claim anything, and there's the very little disincentive to not do that, and so it's just, it's madness. Well, at least Deadwood had rules. That's a yeah. shame. Thank you to everybody. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I watched uh, <laughs> the first bit of that uh, a little while ago. I was I, I was going through one of my periodic uh, Elliot Smith periods, and so I ended up watching some of that as much as my kid could tolerate before we went back to another show. That's a that's a good movie. There's a lot more curses in that movie than I remembered, though. So this brings up a topic of a thing that I've been doing during my quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, which is trying to trying to get the family together to you know. Together as much as possible to enjoy something other than just eating dinner together. Uh, and that is, let's all watch a movie, which we do occasionally as well. But I've really cranked up the frequency of the let's all watch a movie mm-hmm. night yeah. thing. And part of it is because I realized that now both of my kids are old enough to mostly be able to watch mostly anything. 
And I figured this out mostly because my daughter started watching movies on her own that I, I would have thought that she wasn't ready for, but she's watching them on her own and saying that she enjoys them. So I'm like, all right, well, she's signaling that she's more or less good to go with, you know, your run-of-the-mill movies that teenagers can watch. Like, the, the world is open up to me. So what I this, this is how I deal with this. I'm trying to... So you know what it's like. You're trying to find a I movie. Do. I buy This is so much more uh, on target than you may even realize. Yeah, I, I, and I'm trying to find... I, I've got a four, you know four-person situation here so i have to find a movie that we will all enjoy said older teenage boy younger almost very soon to be teenage girl and then mom and dad yeah. we need to find a four quadrant movie it's gonna that people are not going to refuse to watch because that's the big thing with the kids like no i'm not watching that no way in hell right mm -hmm. uh that i think they're going to enjoy right and the whole point of this besides just let's all get together and watch a movie is i want to as i've always done with my kids as i think we talked about in the incomparable ages ago i'm trying to expose them to what i think are good movies and, and why is that john what, what is the one thing we know about kids they have bad taste they I really think the do. phrase is terrible taste yeah yeah uh, no, kids have bad taste i think that was it well they can all most of them have no taste but then some of them that do have taste have have bad taste and yeah, so they, and they need and the I get to define it Right. And like that's part of your your privilege as a parent is you get to see the random number generator, as it were, uh, to mm -hmm. use an analogy you won't quite understand, but we'll misquote eh, for you. Close enough. Um, you, wow. okay. <laughs> you get to sort of lay down the foundation. What is, you know, what what is their basis for comparison? <laughs> what and is I, good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to as as I've been advertising, I have I have a, quite an advertising campaign going on, particularly my daughter uh, to to promote what I am describing as my impeccable taste in movies. Yeah. That trust me as you do, as you this, do with this your the daughter. Kid who doesn't want to learn uh, key commands for Photoshop or, or anything from me as you do with your daughter. Or was it a uh, chocolate and chocolate and toy story, chocolate and toy story. I don't use that exact example, but the, the message is the same. The message is, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm good at this. Oh, I'm still, I'm still doing it twice a week. Trust me. Like when I tell you let's all watch this movie together and you make a terrible face and roll your eyes and say last movie we saw together is pretty good. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So the question is for this project, how do I come up with the movies? And it's for someone as old as I am and apparently uh, unable to remember things. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? Just like sit and stare at the ceiling and try to think of a good movie. That's very difficult because then I'll think of it like, oh, oh, this kid won't like that. Oh, my wife won't want to see that. Oh, you know, like I need some kind of system. And this is where my earlier insanity pays off, where I uh, I subscribe to Letterboxd. And I when I first signed up, I went through their giant collection of movies and I rated all the ones that I had watched. You know, in the, yeah. in my entire life. Seen that one? It's this many stars. And you're a, you're a, you're a tough. I was on your page literally two days ago, and you're a tough raider. Yeah, we're going to talk about ratings in a little bit. But anyway, I had done that, and so now what I can do is go to my movies that you've watched list and sort by my rating, highest first, and then I just go down the list and yep. say, you know, inappropriate. This one won't like it. This one won't like it. Already seen it. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. This one won't like it. And then you find one. Aha! That's a candidate. And then we sit down and then we watch it. And I've been doing that. The entire quarantine, I'm really pushing my luck here. Uh, we did to push my luck. We did the Godfather this weekend. <laughs> That's so funny. I tried that. Three not nights a fan. Ago. Not a fan favorite. Yeah. I think my son like it. My daughter wanted to kill me by the end of it. You know what, John? I believe in America. That's what I told her. That's he's what looking, I said. He's looking right in the camera. 
says I believe he's in America. Not, uh, his, the screen's black when he says that, but that's fine. You, you're on, yeah. I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. Pretty dark scene. Gordon yeah. Willis wanted to be such that you could move it one stop either way without either underexposing or overexposing. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that you may be going through a similar thing. How are you dealing with it? What is your strategy? How is it going? Um, well, I'd be happy to share. I also want to hear, want to hear what you've been working with. Uh, also, also in terms of context here, um, <clears throat> when you talk about the four quadrant, you know, family hit, I also feel like there's some, to me in this, um, project, such as it is this <laughs> decade long project, there's also some unstated things, which is like, well, <clears throat> it needs to be something. Yes, it's appropriate for everybody, but also, you know, let's watch something we haven't watched yet. Like we, we can put on, I mean, there's a lot of classics, a, a recent classic that, fi- that I finally pushed through a uh, committee was Amadeus, where we watched that, I think three times in a week after the first time. And you know what? It all started out with chocolate and toy story. Just give it a try. Give it a try. I'm, I'm working up to that one. And I have used your daughter as an example to say, she loved it. Merlin's, Merlin's daughter didn't watch either, but now she's she younger than it. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, not working so, so far. I mean, that's. So, I mean, part of what I'm trying to avoid is I'm trying to get, get to your question, but I also want to just provide some context for the, my own sort of unstated rules. I mean, you know, I'm a, yeah, it needs to be appropriate. Yeah, it needs to be something like I think is good and that you are likely to like and maybe even treasure. But also there should be something not challenging to this, but there should be something maybe that you haven't seen before here in terms of this kind of a movie um, you know, me and that genre, not even a genre that like handful of 25 movies where I'm like, Oh, please give me one movie like this every year. Those kinds of movies while still appropriate in terms of strategy. Uh, I have a list, one of the very few things that I use notes for, um, is that I have a list called family media and I have a list called my media and they're both very poorly maintained, but my media is all the stuff that I want to watch because this is a very David Allen kind of thing when one remembers to watch a movie is not the time that one necessarily is tucking in to watch a movie. And it's nice to be able to pull up that list. There'll be five things on that list where I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, let's go look. Like, um, oh yeah, the uh, the Dune TV show. I've been meaning to watch that for a really long time. Uh, or I, f- I never saw Brick. Um, <clears throat> I never finished Letter Kenny. Somebody, oh, Alex recommended Servant on Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera, Crashing with Pete Holmes. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I've got those. Then we have a family list. And of course, I'm the only one who adds anything to it. But anytime I come across something I think might be good, I put it in there. And then you know what I do, John? I do one of my greatest things, which is I read the room. I try to read the room. I don't want to, we, I don't, I love Parks and Rec, but I don't want to just watch three hours of Parks and Rec every night or whatever, or, or like rewatch Tiger King like a 15th time or whatever. So that's the stuff that goes into it. And then it's this constantly evolving process this moving target of trying to pick like what's the uniform of the day like what would be the good thing tonight and uh i kind of go through it by sense of feel and my success is usually less than 50 percent, but sometimes i i do manage to get a good one in um and then what is what is your where should we go with this i think you've got an interesting system you've uh landed on one of the things that i noted as well is that if you don't especially at our age, if you don't have maintain a list somewhere, you'll never remember it in the moment. 
right? Yeah. You have to have something, right? And so for, for the great movies, it's luckily that I had already done this sorting process and I had this list and I'm literally, like, I'm trying to show them the great movies. Most of them they've already seen. If I sort by five star, I'm like, yeah, of course they've seen Kiki and Totoro, and mm-hmm. those are, you know, the five star movie, Toy Stories, The Princess Bride, right? This, I've already covered a lot of ground. Now I'm looking for the more challenging ones. But if I didn't have this list, I'd never be able to. Oh, totally. And then well, yeah, reading I mean, the you're, room. You're, you're, you're still early in this process of uh, deteriorating. And I think you will. It, it's, still, <laughs> it's, still, it's still good fun to, to have a laugh at old Merlin's uh, expense. But, uh, but I do think it is an, actually a very good habit, a habit that really builds on itself to have that collection habit of putting stuff uh, at the right time. But and then yeah. that does give you the chance then to and you can sort it at your leisure. Um, yeah, I was I really was on your letterbox. I just recently, how does one say? I recently um, had some new um, automations in my life, and I needed to uh, feed my automation with some content. And so I uh, went to your list and subscribed to it somewhere. And uh, and that's why I ended up. You have a lot of you have very good taste, and you like a lot of the uh, the animes. It looks like. Yeah. And yeah. I have a watch. The Letterboxd also has a watch list. That's the movies that I haven't seen yet that I think I might want to see. Sometimes I'm lying to myself and they sit there on the watch list forever and, you know, eventually I give up and delete yeah, them. Yeah, but, but it's like show notes. It's always there. You can always come back. It's, yeah, yeah. No... I just put it to remind myself if I want to watch something just for me, right? And and to be clear, when I'm picking these movies for the family, they have to be movies that both of my kids have never seen before. That's the whole point. I'm exposing them to new things. Dirty Dancing, four and a half stars. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. All right, so uh, let me go, uh, take you through a couple of the recent things I'll that I've seen. On the list. And, and, you know, all obviously right. the kid, my kids have seen all the anime a million times. Like I'm, mm-hmm. all, I'm all set on that. They've all seen like the Star Wars and you know stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to go for the more adult movies, but not too adult. I don't want to press them too hard. My strategy for a while, for a while, I was doing this with my son because he became a teen earlier and was more ready. And I would <laughs> present him. I didn't want to bias him because I know they, they both have been exposed to so much YouTube. They know about these things in pop culture, even though they don't really know about them. So I don't want to say hey, do you want to see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Because they've probably heard of that or seen parodies of it or have preconceived notions about they've it. They've seen The Simpsons, yeah. They haven't, though. They haven't seen The Simpsons. Oh, God. It's a thing that's on the list. You know, I'm, I'm too upset by what FX is doing to the aspect ratio that Todd tells me about. I can't have my kids watch it until that's fixed. Anyway. They they, 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 they uh, crop out all the uh, the Duff Dry labels. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I present them with choice. I said, do you want to see... Uh, a romance, a spy movie, or a gangster movie? Like I, I, That's how I present the, the choices. Uh, recently, I, I, I've gone to, do you want to see a light movie, a medium movie, or a heavy movie? Heavy movies where everything's serious and there's not a lot of jokes. Light movie is kind of like fun adventure movie. I'm guessing they pick heavy movie a lot, right? Mostly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't uh, expect this, but uh, in my family it is common. Mostly the problem is when I, when I take this question around, uh, the most recent one I did was light, medium, and heavy movie. And I explain what they meant. The answer I get is either I don't know or I don't care or you pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, I got that last time I asked that question. I got that answer from two of the three people. Yeah. And so it was the third person, the only person to give any kind of answer who ended up choosing the movie. Oh. And I'm hoping this will serve as a lesson to the other two. It's like you if you don't say anything and it's like Survivor. If you don't say anything, the other person doesn't say anything. And then one person, like the only vote that counts, they get to pick. They end oh, up getting so somebody. Pick. Somebody bid on the peanut butter and jelly and got it for cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So someone went, someone went for heavy, and we ended up seeing The Godfather. And now I think my daughter regrets it because not not because it was too heavy for her, because it was too long. She it's so watch. long. It's a three hour movie, right? Yeah, I, I kind of undersold it. They, everyone said, "How long is that?" I said, "It's the length of a regular movie." 
which is not really. <laughs> yeah, true. we got into a little bit of argument one night because I was like, hey, yeah, just give it a try. Just give it a try. And that's that's wrong. I shouldn't be doing that. But, you know. Yeah. So so we did The Godfather. What have mm-hmm. we seen recently? Um, Goodwill Hunting. The reason the whole reason this came up once I had been reminded of the scene. I'm like, you know what? That's a good one for the kids. Right. You know, you're always a little bit wary. I didn't pre-watch it again because I've seen it a million times. Uh, but there was only like one or two problematic bits. In general, it held up pretty well in terms of the, uh, you know, not being, uh, not promoting overt racism, sexism that's out of step with the current acceptable level of racism and sexism in our society mm-hmm. as of 2020. Um, and it's a good movie. Uh, I think that whenever well, we did Shawshank Redemption, um hmm. uh let's see what else so these are some these are some bona fide classics yeah when harry shawshank. Met sally oh classic um shawshank was the number one imdb movie like forever i think yeah. i think it might have been unseated by pulp fiction maybe eventually or lord of the rings but for the longest time in the 2000s uh shawshank was always number one which is kind of a slam i saw a recent graphic of trying to show the the tomato meter like the rotten tomatoes thing from zero to 100 percent Mm-hmm. And the have you seen this graphic? I'll try to. Uh, I saw Scott Simpson's version of it, but I don't think I saw what you're. Maybe about. maybe he was the one who made the thing. I'm about the thing about what the number really means. Yeah, yeah, and it was like uh, the at the zero percent end. It was movies that are so bad that they're fun to watch. Yeah, then yeah. it was like the like one to thirty percent was uh, avoid these movies, and then the like the middle section was like yeah, this is where all the good comedies are. And then the upper section was like legitimately good movies. And then like the hundred percent was like movies that you watch and say, what the hell was that? Cause anything that gets a hundred percent is a sign that there's something wrong about it. Like that everybody gives it a high rating. You know what I mean? Shawshank suffers from that a little bit. I mean, I mean, you could, you could, there's a lot of Tartoski movies that get extremely high critical ratings, but I don't think that makes it good for your daughter. Yeah, either it's like a movie that no one even knows about except for the people who are fanatic. That's why it gets 100%. Or it's a movie that's that's so inoffensive that nobody can find anything wrong with it, so it gets 100% rating. Uh, arguably, Shawshank uh, suffers from that. But I, I I still think Shawshank is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's high. And my ratings, uh, I think, is watched. And Dirty Dancing, which you just mentioned, that is the one we watched after Godfather. That was my light choice on the night when nobody picked light. Um, I could not get my son to watch it. He said, too many movies was his answer. And I'm hmm. like, all right, you can... You can get a break and, and spend the full, the full 13 and a half hours playing Animal Crossing per day instead of the abbreviated 10 and a half hours playing Animal Why Crossing. Why do you deny him that? He has so yeah. little. Exactly. He's yeah. barely any time to play it. Honestly, can you? He's just racking up debt with that little raccoon, man. And guess what? Dirty Dancing? Yeah. Good movie. I just added it to my dingus. I mean, it's dated. Like, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I love her. I love the... I love her and Ferris Bueller. Um, and I never saw I never saw that. that. That's one of those ones where it just, I missed my window. I think I was in college when it came out and I missed it. Yeah, if you watch it now, like imagine, imagine that you are a 15-year-old girl in 1987. I do that all the time, yeah. And they will really help you. Unlike, for example, when Harry Met Sally, which is absolutely timeless and does not, is not dated and holds up and is amazing. Dirty Dancing, you're like, does that, like, does that, is that fun for a kid, though? Because there's so much stuff in that. It's just, I think, uh, off the top of my head, there's so many, like, pop culture references in that. There's and, not, though. Like, I'm, I was surprised. You know, hmm. I've seen it a million times. And when I saw it again, I kept waiting for the moment when I have to explain something to my kids. And for the most part, all the jokes are directly 
like I don't think they're dated. They're not making like Walter Mondale jokes. Like it's like <laughs> it some of them so are a little bit it. sophisticated for young kids to understand because they've never been in a relationship or whatever. But, but I, it still works. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they appreciate it as as good as what it is. But I think they enjoy the experience and it, it moves along. Dirty Dancing, on the other hand, is like like the Karate Kid. A perfect example of a particular genre that hits a that, that represents a, per, a certain viewpoint and is aimed at a certain audience, and it's like the perfect heat-seeking missile for exactly that. And it's also from a time when there were, uh, huh, you don't want to call it blockbuster like those risky, but there was so much more personality in a mid-budget Hollywood film back then than today. There's so much need for each one of these to be like the equivalent of Michael Jackson's thriller. Everybody's always trying to like <clears throat> really swing for the fences. Yeah, there'd have to be an action set piece in the middle of this movie mm-hmm. or some ridiculous over-the-top uh, slapstick comedy bit that you can put in, in, in a cameo. Someone have to poop in a sink in the trailer, and it's mm-hmm. like, can't you just have now a straight-up... Now, that's a up... funny movie. I know, but I'm saying like... That was on my di- list to give you in a second. The, the thing about Dirty Dancing is there is nothing in it that you could put in a modern trailer. Like, it would never get made as it exists because it is simply a straightforward, gentle, mediocrely scripted... Uh, mediocrely, that's great. Um coming-of-age drama that perfectly captures a place and a time. Now, it helps if you have some resonance with the place and time, if you are Jewish and or have vacation in the Catskills and or did so in the 60s, or maybe your parents did, or maybe your grandparents did, mm-hmm. and if you were ever a 15-year-old girl, like, these these all, you know, if you were an upper-middle-class 15-year-old girl who, who vacationed in the Catskills, uh, like, <laughs> this is, you know, mm-hmm. it, but if you hasn't, it perfectly captures that because it was written by somebody who did experience that. Uh, and it is just, it's a, it's a little gem, right? So if you are the type of curmudgeon who's like, I don't want to watch a coming of age movie about a teenage girl, that doesn't connect with me at all. A, you're, you should expand your horizons because you're really missing out on a lot of other experiences. But B, uh, if, if that has, shows any interest to you at all, you should try it. You Mm -hmm. don't ever know. You might like it. Like it's, I think it's really good. I have some suggestions for you. In no particular order. And uh, if this is boring, uh, stop at any time. Yeah, most of these are inappropriate. Um, One of my favorite movies of the last five years is such a small movie, but I really love is Game Night. I've heard you promote that. Uh, You haven't been able to get me to watch it, let alone my entire family. I believe, is it on my watch list? Let's see. Oh, just put in your homework. You can just have it staring at you every couple weeks. Yeah, I don't Eh, think it's even even my homework. I think the reason it never made it is because you know me in comedies. It takes a lot to get me over the comedy. I do, but it's got Rachel McAdams, and she's really adorable in it. Mm. Also, Michael Booth is very good in it. Also, 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 um, uh, Landry from Friday Night Lights is very good in it. Todd. There's a dog. Breaking Bad, yeah. Uh, So Game Night, I can just paste these somewhere. Um, One we took a shot at. still. I'm going to try again. Uh, Fargo. The movie? Yeah, it's on my list for the kids. I think it's a little, especially with The Godfather, we're going to try to. Yeah. You realize what I'm doing with the, the whole Godfather thing is like, I'm, that's the that's the foundation. We're going to work our way up to Goodfellas, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, part of it is also there's there's these moments of opportunity where, or what was it, where my kid was suddenly way into Steve Buscemi. It might have been after 30 Rock, and then with some further bolstering from something else. We watched the trailer for Ghost World, and I was like, oh, check it out. Mm. That's Black Widow and, and the Buscemi. Yeah. Um, but Fargo will return to Sixth Sense. Didn't get much uptake with that. Um, too scary. Too scary. And I think she'll figure it out. Uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Oh, the Elton John thing. Mm-hmm. Biopics. Mm, 
Well, not. don't think like you. Think like them. No, I'm thinking like them. Like it's that's a delightful. Why I'm it's a really a delightful sell. movie. It's a really delightful uh, movie. Yeah. Um, Scott Pilgrim. Already done that one. Okay, uh, that thing. That pretty, thing you do. Pretty big hit with my daughter. The the Scott Pilgrim. That thing you do. I remember liking it, but it doesn't elevate to the level of something I think I need to expose no. my kids to at this time. Um, the freshman. Too old. Okay. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's on my list, although I do worry that that one, that the jokes and the attitudes will be a little dated. Like, I'm avoiding the whole John Hughes-averse mm-hmm. entirely. No, understandable. There's all kinds of good reasons to. Nine times, Mrs. Bueller. Yeah, and Bueller, I don't I don't know if it will work. Like, War Games, I did early, because War Games <laughs> oh, is pretty gentle. Sure. And I I, I love War Games, but well, I think your knee, you shouldn't be throwing anybody, Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 freshman, Ferris Bueller. Uh, imitation Game? Sad, but good. Imitation game is the what? Alan Turing? Um, it's uh yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, all right, I'm just putting it out there. Amadeus, very, very good. Yeah, it's all those nice. are most of my um now Bridesmaids, mm, see, and also part of the problem is also like Bridesmaids is one of Bridesmaids and Spy are two movies that I've just unalloyed love for. Jason, what's his name? Jason Statham? <laughs> the the action guy. Yeah, the big gruff guy, is he in yeah. that? Yeah, he's in Spy, and he's fantastic at playing a ridiculous... Well, he's always playing a ridiculous version of himself, but an especially ridiculous, over-the-top version. He's great. Jude Law is great. Of course, it's it's my it's my Twitter boyfriend, Paul Feig. It's a great movie. Spy. Um, somewhat challenging material, maybe a little grown up, but if you like Paul Feig movies like I do, um, that and Bridesmaids are both very good. And Bridesmaids is mostly... There's a little bit of sex stuff, but it's mostly gross-out humor. Um, Bridesmaids is very funny. You have passed the gross out humor gene onto your daughter, presumably. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. have that gene. And so I'm not sure my my children are not primed for gross out humor movies. We're almost done here. Um, I feel like I saw this on your list. I'm not going to check. Uh, you saw it and liked Little Women, yes? Yeah. And my daughter, my daughter saw it in the theater. Uh, so did okay. I. Um, okay. I could not get my son to I have many, many more. Uh, but these are uh, a few. And. Uh, you know, the other thing is, like, we want it to be movies because one of my, boy, I feel like we must have talked about this. One of my things is that, like, I, yeah, a kid goes through times in life where all they want to do, even before they get to the point of being on three different devices, doing three different things at one time, there is sort of the, the thrum of autoplay Netflix shows where you're like, mm, we need to take a break from this. We need to go pay attention to something that we have to think about. A little bit mm-hmm. at one point. Um, I, I I do still think that's valuable, but TV shows can also be a good a good springboard for getting somebody interested in either a um, a genre or especially like a, an actor or an actress or sometimes a director. But if there's something where you got want to do a real long con, there's probably some shows where you could work your way into getting into a movie by watching a more palatable TV show. Like there's even some superhero shows on TV that get close to spy stuff that might let you pivot to spy movies. Cause I love a spy movie personally. Yeah. I've, I've been promoting the spy movies mostly to my son. Cause we started watching them before my daughter was old enough. And they, I don't think they've really been sticking with him. I'm working. I'm trying to work him up to the good shepherd. Uh, we're not there yet. The good I've shepherd. been avoiding, I've been avoiding bond. Just, you know, I've been, I've been considering the, the Casino Royale as my possible entry point to Bond for them, but I don't... Mm, that's got ball smashing. I would go with Skyfall. 
Well, that's fine for my son. He's but, but yeah. the ball smashing is very upsetting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I have a scheduled ramp that I'm moving them all along. I'm I'm one of my ramps, by the way, leads through Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List, especially Ooh. accelerated by my Jojo Rabbit experience, where my kids had no idea who the hell Nazis were or what their deal was. I'm like, we're gonna learn about Nazis in this house eventually. Just FYI. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash diffs. We all know that a VPN protects your privacy and your security online, but did you know that it can take your TV watching to the next level? It unlocks movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Shh, don't let them find out we can do this. So listen, right now we're all spending more time at home. I sure hope. It's only a matter of time before you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. I found out last night I've now watched everything on Netflix. So I had to go back around and watch Making a Murderer again. If only I had a way to watch things in other countries. Wait a minute. You can use ExpressVPN to binge on whatever you want. Stuff like Doctor Who or Star Trek on the UK Netflix. It's really simple. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app and change your location to the UK, governor. Hello, hello, hello. You refresh, refresh Netflix and that's it. That was a visit from Clive Owen. I, I hope that's okay. ExpressVPN hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think you're located, but you're not. And you can choose from almost 100 different countries. And that's a lot of Netflix libraries for you to go through. So if you love anime, use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. I will not be doing a voice for that. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. You got Hulu, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. Now, listen, there are, there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which is what you want when you're watching shows. No buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, also, you know, it's uh, ExpressVPN. It's compatible uh, with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. You can watch what you want wherever you want. I really encourage you to get and use a VPN it's just a good idea. Trust me. If you think uh, if you think you might want to try this out yourself, you go to expressvpn.com slash diffs. It's D-I-F-F-S. And you're going to get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. You're going to support this show. You can watch what you want and protect yourself. All you got to do is go to expressvpn.com slash diffs. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. That was a huge hit. Huge hit here. Um, I think I think people liked it okay in in this house. I don't know. It's hard to tell with the kids because they're not forthcoming with their opinions unless they find it boring. In which case, they don't like you know they don't like that. silly stuff as much, right? You guys, you seem like a very serious family. You guys don't like like I mean, silly I'm, things. I'm a serious man, which is on my list, but not for the kids. Um, I don't know if they. I mean, I think they like funny movies, but their sense of humor is so weird. Like I showed them The Princess Bride, and they're like, "This movie isn't funny." I was like, "Out." It's really, it looks really cheap. If you're, if you're not already. Uh, it looked cheap when I was watching it, yeah. you know, on VHS. It looks like it was it shot always at a mall. always looked cheap, but it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I don't understand how they can't get it. So we go for the heavy ones, which I feel like work out better. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pray on this a little bit because I, I can think of some good heavy ones that aren't just schmaltzy. But, um, and what were you going to say about ratings? Yeah, so the ratings is, you know, I've got this list. I went through this thing ages ago and rated them all, and now I have this sortable list or whatever. But here's the thing with ratings. I mean, when I'm going through the list and backfilling, you know, for all the movies I've seen in my entire life, I don't, you know, what do I rate a movie that I saw when I was 10? Do I even remember it? Like, mm-hmm. but I have to put something. That's the exercise. Like, just 
pick a number. What's your gut feeling, right? Uh, and it really comes to the fore when I do a sort. And, you know, my, as you, as you noted, I, I'm a tough raider or whatever. I just want to feel like saying I use the entire range instead of just having it be a binary good bad your, thing. Your people rate every part of the buffalo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I sort by five, I have to look at this list because I see the fives and the four and the halves and I have to look and I go. Wait, what, what does three and a half mean? It means something to me. Hmm. I mean, these are my ratings. These are not like, anyway. But oh, I, I see. It's like your I, rifle. I, yeah. I, and I look at it and I'm like, is that really a five star? Because five star mm-hmm. is a high bar with me. Or is that a four and a half or is that a four? Or, the, or the, the worst part is the comparison. It's like a movie I saw last week compared with a movie I saw when I was 10. And am I saying this movie is uh, like, I like this movie better than that movie because I rated this four and this three and a half. That can't possibly be true. This three and a half one is like one of my favorite movies of all time. And this four one is a movie that I saw recently and I thought was good, but you know, not great. And like, I have to do that reconciling. So what I've been doing is I've been revisiting ratings sometimes after rewatching the movie in fact almost every time after i rewatch i revisit the rating to say do i still think that or do i need to bump it up a half down a half or something like that or even if i haven't rewatched it just through comparison because i'll go to the theater watch a movie rate it and then sort by that rating and look at look at its siblings in a three-star cohort i'm like is this the same quality as this other three-star movie is it way better than this thing i rated two stars because if there is i have to adjust so i've been adjusting ratings which i'm fine with like i'm it's like i got it wrong in the past i'm going to adjust it and maybe things change as i go but i find the hardest place to do the adjustments is at the extremes five four and a half four three and a half there's so much motion in that range fives are pretty easy mostly you're gonna get kicked out of the fives if i if i can think of something that's wrong with you you get kicked out of the five. Sorry, like that's probably significant. that's probably how we should mostly be using it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, uh, ratings are something that occupy my mind, and not for the purpose of like who can't. No one cares what my ratings are. I'm not like I'm not choosing whether these movies live or die purely for the purposes of fulfilling their function, which is sorting. When I sorted by five stars, stars, and I realized some of the movies I really wanted to show my kids that I thought were like the best movies ever were in the four and a half section. I'm like, is that in the four and a half? But this is in the five? Like, you look up at the thing, and I like I see yeah. Toy Story 2 in the fives. But where's Toy Story? It's not in the fives. Mm, yeah. And I, I decided that that is a correct rating, by the way. But that's that the type of thing rating. that I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. the second act of Toy Story is pretty weird. Um, especially compared to Toy Story 2. I, I, I you know, this is um, part of the, the difficulty is... Uh, we each probably have our own reasons why we rate at all and that we rate a certain way. And those probably all, maybe those canons should be different. The, the part that's challenging is sort of like you said with the Shawshank 100% type movies is like, oh yes, you know, I mean, you know, uh, the, the silent uh, Joan of Arc movie is, it's an iconic movie for a reason. I, I don't want to watch that movie a lot that movie makes me extremely sad and it's there, there are movies like that. Maybe to some extent, I mean, saving private Ryan, I, I reserve to watch by myself in a dark room at night once a year, probably because the mm. first section of that still is just masterful. Um, Oh, Dunkirk, good Dunkirk, put that on your list. Not Michael Shaw's my kids. Okay. Um, Oh, that's a good movie. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, all right, all right. It's not a, it's not an attack. No, but like, there's, there's a. I'll tell you a word I look for. Um, 
I just I want to watch something fun tonight. That's why Game Night just jumps out. And not only is, does it have a lot of unique qualities about it, to my mind, but like, I'm just like, oh man, it's just so fun. I wish I could go see Game Night for the first time. I wish I could see Scott Pilgrim or Hot Fuzz for the first time again. Mm-hmm. Just, just the whole sequence, the, just the, like the dumb, not dumb, but the silly sequence of Simon Pegg, uh, you know, starting with Martin Freeman and then moving up to Steve Coogan and then moving up to Bill Nye and you keep bringing in... <laughs> increasingly more powerful leaders like i guess you want to talk to him too he's like oh yeah <laughs> um or you know the Kate blanchett you know um cameo in that it's just all oh, so sublime and it's like so made for me i don't know if those are five star movies i don't know if hot fuzz is a five star movie it's but awesome. it's <laughs> but but they, i was very successful with those i did the, uh-huh, the coronado uh-huh, trilogy yeah. and my, yeah. i just targeted my daughter because i didn't think my son could do it and she loved them she she, she asked the world's end she watched all three of them, wow. and she voluntarily, on her own, watched, uh, repeatedly watched uh, other ones like without me. Like I'd come in and I'd say, "What are you watching?" And she'd be watching one of them, like totally on her own. So I've considered that a huge success. I'm going to overlook this because of the nature of our relationship, uh, but I am a big fan of Edgar Wright, and I just I like what he's up to, and um, and that just he just he just makes me happy. And um, that's the thing, though, is like. I mean, there's an element of this, we're dancing around this a little bit, maybe not for you, maybe not for me, but there is an element of, oh, this is one of the great movies, of course I gave it this many stars, or the corollary, which is, ha ha, this one's so overrated, I give it 1.5 stars, and it's like, well, what is it for, uh, to, to quote Max Temkin, what does it do? And and that's that's the challenge, and this is where we get back to this thing that, at least I keep coming back to, which is like, you know, what is your favorite, what is the best, where do you start, that kind of stuff. It's challenging because it's it, unless you're doing that on these facets or on these keywords, what does a star rating mean? I mean, you're just saying out of the grand scale of the thousands of movies that you have access to, oh, I think I'll watch a three-star movie tonight. Like, nobody would do that. You want, no, no, you, what you would do is suffer a three-star movie if you knew that it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I don't. Um, here's my philosophy that I'm using for the purpose of this rating. And I think if I was a professional movie reviewer, I would use a different system to come up with the ratings because I would feel a different burden of responsibility. But because I'm not, uh, and you know, this is just for me, my thinking is is much. It's it's much clearer. Uh, it's easier for me to make judgments. I don't have to worry about the outside world. So, first of all, I don't care what anyone else thought of the movie, as evidenced by many movies that everybody loves that I give low ratings and then people yell at me about it, right? You love that. You relish that role. You love that. I don't. I don't you relish do. it. You do. You do that. And in fact, I'll, I'll to give the most readings an example, I, I, it doesn't even occur to me to have it be a thing until people start yelling at me, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a recent movie that everybody loved that I hadn't realized that I had given a low rating to. Mm. Uh, until people started yelling at me. I'm like, what are you yelling at me about? I like that movie. And then I looked at my rating. And I'm like, oh, that's anyway. So here, here's the way I think of it. If I can think of, it's like how much, you know, in my typical hypercritical way, how much stuff can I think of that's wrong with this movie, right? Is the writing terrible? Is there a, a third act that totally doesn't work? Is there a really bad performance? Uh, like, do, do the, does the main motivation of the most dramatic moment in the movie not really make any sense, Right. Mm-hmm. every movie's got one or two little things like that but a lot of movies like there's nothing you can really pick at to say is there something wrong with the movie and I'm, I'm you know I, I have my own thing like I like writing more than most people do uh, <gasps> I will allow amazing cinematography to elevate things above other stuff is it, is it Midsummer? Is it, it's Midsummer, isn't it 
Uh, no, but I didn't like that movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed two stars on that, and I'm like, oh god, I bet you heard about yeah, that. Yeah. Like for to, to give Midsummer as an example, like because this is my list. If I was grossed out by a movie. I'll give it a low rating. If I was an actual professional critic, I'd be like, yeah, but some people like that genre. Well, if I don't, I don't like scary movies. I don't like gross movies, right? So I, A, I'm not going to even watch horror movies. And B, if I do watch them, they have to be so transcendently good and also not uh, offend my delicate sensibilities for me mm-hmm. to give them a good rating. So I have no qualms saying I get queasy during that movie. I don't like to be queasy during a movie two stars. Does it mean it's a bad movie? But right. no, but in, in my list, when I'm that's sorting hard to capture. by my, that's hard to capture. By that is, my yeah. rating... That's what I want to see, mm-hmm. and I would say there are there are problems with Midsummer. Like I go I go into them in, in detail, but like it's not just the fact that it made me queasy. Lots of movies scare the pants off me, and I give a high rating. Jaws, for example, right? Because the, you know there's way more like Midsummer. I can say not only do I not like the genre of movie, but there's a bunch of stuff wrong with that movie too. So it's all about what I can find that's wrong with the movie. It's not like there's nothing wrong with the five star movies, but somebody's got to claim the five stars. So I'm going to say movies with this little wrong with them. And with this many great things about them, you are the five stars. And it's so easy to lose that half. That half is just like, let me just look at the first four and a half. Let me let me see what I've got here. I hate the website. Doesn't doesn't put the star ratings underneath the uh, the movies. Uh, but the, I'm into uh, the John Syracuse section. The and iOS app ratings. does put the ratings. Um, yeah. Four and a half. All right. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Bad uh, Max Fury Road. Four and a half, not five. Why is it not five? It's not five because I feel like making an entire movie as one long chase sequence, though brilliant and amazing, makes this movie have a slightly flatter affect overall than I feel like the great movies. That is literally the only thing I can think of that's wrong with this movie, right? That the 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 overall sameness and the general, like, instead of having more of an ebb and a flow and a more variety of scenery and setting and, and turns of a story, this movie, by choice, does this particular thing. And I think it is ever so slightly lesser for it mm-hmm. in my opinion four and a half if i could not think of that it would be a five star movie right let me see when we go up into the another four and a half that i can say something interesting about knives out knives mm-hmm. out i loved there's this is an interesting example there's almost nothing wrong with knives out except maybe that a, a little bit broad in one or two areas and not quite as clever as it could have been well and then, like here's the, this is the problem with your uh, with the system is like there's just because it didn't score five stars for me doesn't mean i didn't like it it oh, doesn't but, mean yeah. no no no, no. i recommend times out to anybody i know Everyone i know watch but, it. but this is this is the problem though is that and there, there's something very um i don't know ironic or weird which is that like sometimes the weirdness and the foibles and i mean i just watched slacker again for the first time in years the other day and, like, if that movie was, like, a tighter professional Hollywood production, it wouldn't be slacker. That's what makes it fun. It's the weird It's the weird edges and cheapness of that movie that part of what makes it so special. And so, you know, I mean, for every, for every reason that we have that we like a movie, so I like it because of the high production values. Well, I didn't like this because I thought they, you know, uh, went a little overboard on the effects or whatever it is you do, whatever one does. You, you will come up with these reasons. But, like... It's just that there's this elephant in the room, which is that, like, let's fight. Like, whatever it is you thought of this, 
has to be taken by me as some kind of like a, a dare or a challenge to my taste and my belt and shong. And so now now we're going to have to have a, a fight about this. Yeah, uh, especially if like if someone's going to be arguing over a five versus four and a half, like, come on, it, that's the top. Like, we all agree it's great. Uh, and to give an example, by the way, speaking of production values, Princess Bride, easy five. Terrible production values. Looks hmm. like it was filmed on a, on a TV set. And it's like, well, isn't that a thing wrong with the movie? Shouldn't you ding it? It does not suffer for that. Like, like that, that aspect of the movie is true. If anything, it elevates it being so absurdly cheap looking, right? That they are able to do, make this amazing movie out of, you know, sticks and bailing wire, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so that's, it's, it's obviously not straightforward, right? It's it's a lot of it is a gut feeling, but, but honestly, if someone's going to get, get an argument, why is that five? Why is that four and a half? Like, I care about the differences just because I want to have my list balanced out or whatever, but (laughs) I would never argue with another person about it. It's like, listen, five, four and a half. These are the best movies ever made. Like, mm-hmm. these are my favorite movies in the entire world. I'm not going to argue about, is this favorite movie better than that favorite movie, right? It's like, come on, right? And I can, I, you know, like I said, I can explain why they lose the half, but it's a four and a half star movie. And if you look at my ratings and you look at the histogram, it's a lot of stuff hanging out in the threes. Just to even break into the fours is hard. Yeah. So far, I think I, I've seen a lot of uh, things where I, I, I differ from you. The only one I feel like you, you might want to go back to American Beauty. I think you might have that a little high. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's an example of, of a rating that I've looked at multiple times, thinking of adjusting. I walked out of the theater that night going, this was a triumph. And now today, it's like beyond Avatar to me, where I'm like, I... What do I, ha- what do I have? it? I think I may have already dinged that, and I may need to push it on the problem. gave three and a half right now. Yeah, so the, the problem with a lot of these Barkley adjustments Marathon's is... Barkley Marathon's three! Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, the reason Barkley Marathon's gets three... I, maybe I would bump that up at three and a half, is, is I just feel like it's... <laughs> It doesn't, on repeat viewings, a lot of the value comes out of the drama of what's going to happen. And I feel like they don't delve as far, I think we talked about this, doesn't delve as far into the psychology of the participants as I think a a better documentary should have done. Maybe it could go up a little bit. But anyway, Mm -hmm. with with American Beauty, the problem is I have to rewatch it. And I don't want to rewatch it, which in itself may be a reason for me to ding it. But until I rewatch it, I don't feel like I can know exactly where it lands. So a lot of times I just leave it and just like, I know I'm going to need to push that down. I just don't know to what. Okay, now now I'm I'm breaking my own rule. You 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 scored American Beauty higher than Dunkirk. Uh yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Dunkirk. Like you're right, that needs to get revisited. But I've seen Dunkirk recently, so I can I feel like my rating there is accurate. American Beauty needs to go down. I just don't know what it needs to go down to without rewatching the movie. Well, you got a lot of threes. Yeah, three th- threes is like my you know middle of the road. I I end up with a lot of three and a halves. You gave Millennium Actress five stars. You like that I one. Mean, yeah, obviously. There's there's nothing wrong with that movie. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. It's one of my... And not only is it really good, the fives are also like, A, it's really good, and B, it's also one of my favorites, which, as mm-hmm. we know, is a different thing. Oh, Headhunters. I like that movie. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, who needs my opinion? Whether it's my yeah, daughter I, I need or my, my friends. Like, nobody needs my opinion. But you do. Don't you need your opinion? I do, but I, I feel like it's... Um, I don't know. I'm such a weirdo where like I do, I almost want some kind of like, uh, I want an axis of, I don't know. I don't have a way to describe what it is I'm looking for in a movie, except to say, I want more movies like Game Night. How do I describe that? Quirky? 
Yeah, that's that's what I use Letterboxd for though, because I follow people on Letterboxd mm-hmm. and I and people who I either know or I know their taste in movies. Yeah. Right. So I follow Dan from the Flophouse, who yep. I mostly he didn't, he didn't know like by Rambo. listening. Didn't like Rambo. But I mostly know by listening to him talk on a podcast. But he talks about movies all the time. So I know what his deal is with movies. Yep. So A, I see that he watched a thing, which is a sign that what are what are the people that I follow watching? What's in the Zeitgeist? What's going around in my weird circles of people I follow? And B, I look at what his rating is. And if it's a horror movie and he rates it four and a half stars, I don't care because I don't like horror movies. I'm uh, never going to watch that. <laughs> two and a I half just, for predestination. Do you know what you're doing to me? Do you know what you're doing to me? Uh, I can justify that, but you don't want me to. No. Um, well, because I, th- I don't think about it enough, probably. But but, but when he rate when he picks out some a movie in a different genre that I know my views are more compatible with his views on that genre, uh-huh. I will take his rating seriously. And the other yeah. thing I'll do on Letterboxd is I'll look at the histogram of ratings. Mm-hmm. How are the ratings distributed for this movie? Is it clustered around people who love it and people who hate it? Is it a polarizing movie? Is there a lot of stuff in the middle? Right. The, the combination of those two things, seeing what people are watching seeing what the people who watched it rated it, if they did rate it, and then looking at the histograms lets me populate my watch list with movies, mostly weird, obscure movies, because the people I follow like weird, obscure movies, right? If I wanted mm-hmm. to know what does the world want, I wouldn't go to this website. You go like, oh, look, everyone's watching the new Avengers movie. Like, I don't need a website to tell me that, right? right, right. I need a website to tell you about this movie that I'd never freaking heard of. Like, that's how I saw Parasite. I'm like, what the hell is all the, the Parasite suddenly started appearing on people's lists? Yeah. Like, before there was any buzz about it anyway, all my weird friends are watching it when it's in theaters. I added it to my list. I saw it. I rated it. And then months passed, and all of a sudden the Oscars come, and everyone's like, oh, Parasite, Parasite, Parasite. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, you're uh, that's part of following weird people on Letterboxd, is that you are ahead of the curve on the weird movies, or ahead of the mass market on the weird movies anyway. Yeah. And I end up finding all sorts of uh, really surprising gems that way. Yeah. And so that's why I'm thankful when people rate things. Like, I would love to see your ratings because I think I know your taste in movies. I got to, no, I got to close this. See, I'm getting, I'm just getting madder and madder looking at these. I promised myself I wasn't going to be like that because I don't want to be that guy. But like, I, oh, if you want, I can explain no, if some, you want. No, I don't want to know why you think some of them might be happy with wolves and gravity are better. Than, no. God, yeah, I know. It's the the compares are tough, right? Uh, gravity was so. Did you see date. Gravity? Did you see I Gravity saw it in, in 3D? the theater? It was date night. We paid for a sitter, did, and I went. Did you this... see? Th- did you see it in three D? I don't. I don't know if I ever saw the end. I saw it in IMAX three D, and it's one of the few movies that I actually like the experience of seeing in three D. I could see that. I could totally. I could totally. Totally. What see did that. I? What did I give it for? Four. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Well. Nobody wants my opinion. <laughs> yeah, some you may be like someone you might be happy about, like American Beauty, where I know it needs to go down. I just don't know what it needs to go down to. But it's just it. it, it I don't know what it is about that movie, and it's it's just weird because it, uh, why am I comparing it to Avatar? Because it's one of those things where like whatever the zeitgeist at the time was, uh, a lot of people and critics seem to agree that this was something extremely special. Whether that you know with Avatar with with. American Beauty. There are those kinds of zeitgeisty movies. Now, Avatar, I mean, we're on the verge of a Berenstain Bears situation where most people can barely remember they even saw it. Has there ever been a more forgotten, successful movie? <laughs> yeah, I saw Avatar in 3D, uh, yeah. and I thought it was a good 3D experience. I've, I've seen it since then, and you know what? It's not a bad movie. James Cameron is, I feel like, is physically incapable of making an actual bad movie anymore. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I woke up this morning, my kid was watching the uh, Titanic documentary. <laughs> At like seven yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, now Avatar is not my favorite movie, but you watch it and you're like, "This is so not a ugly. bad movie." So this, ugly. 
This is a movie that it's has question, many good things to fight or something. I mean, just... Avatar is basically Dance of the Wolves, speaking of Dance of the Wolves, but, you Oof. know, whatever. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, am I following gotta be a you better way. Am I following what? You don't on, follow on, me. Don't, 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 don't notice yeah, what me. Is, don't what notice is your me. Thing? No, I'm not on, I'm not doing anything. Just don't notice me. How many people named Merlin? Nobody. What's your, what's your, you have using one of your funny usernames? Yes. How do you find, how do you find people? No, please stop. Maybe stop. I'm already following you. No, you are. Don't look I for don't, me. I no, please. No, people. I'm not going to use things. No, I just want to, I just want to be left alone. How can I tell who I'm following? Mm. Profile. Uh, if, you're, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Likes, tags, stats. Oh, God. Why Where do I happening? find who I'm following? I don't know. Oh, I see a bunch of little icons. <laughs> Here they are. Following. I'm following 19 people. I think Letterboxd and uh, Tracked are two sites that are interesting in the way they're put together. Uh, I'm already following you. Okay, yeah, I know. You're um, but uh, for similar reasons to my other reasons, I've been starting to use Tracked more. And... Um, more to add things than to announce things, yeah, but I do uh, that for TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish there was more. I'm, you know what? I'm going to think on this. I'll give myself some homework to think about this. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. It's it's just that again, I just keep coming back to like you know like what is this for? And I, I guess part of it is that I I always think like even if I said something like even if I went to somebody that I like a Sherpa or a rabbi like Todd. And said, hey, you know, you like Game Night. I'm pretty sure you like Game Night. Um, tell me more movies like Game Night that I should see. Well, it would depend on what we each think a movie like Game Night is. Mm-hmm. All I can do is say things like, what, Game Night? Mm, Parasite, sure. Um, not a movie I love, but a movie I thought was interesting. The Anne Hathaway movie with, uh, you know, the little twist with the monster. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Gigantic. <laughs> nope, no. <laughs> what, yeah, what, what Man Hathaway movie do you think? It's of? called um, uh, Good Will Hunting. Man <laughs> Hathaway. Uh, Annihilate, maybe? Colossal. Uh, oh, an- Annihilation? Nope, Colossal. 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 But like, okay, no, a movie like Colossal. Was, did I think that, that was a total success? I do not. But like, sometimes I just want to watch a movie like that. Or maybe even a movie like Baby Driver. Which is probably probably my least favorite Edgar Wright movie in some ways, but like it's so fun, it's so fun at what it's trying to do. So I don't know. I just want I like a weird, quirky. I want to feed the machine that gives me more movies like that. Can we just make a game night like once a month, please? What's your What's your pitch on Colossal? Don't watch it. You'll hate it. No, no. You three point three. No, you hate it. No, no. Don't notice me. Please stop noticing me. I have I have some good ones. I also follow Koi Vin of Subtraction, and Uh my taste is. Exactly the opposite of his. So if he hates it, I might like it. And he hates I it. I so. have people like that. I have people like that. It's an like, important data point. I use his yeah. data point. So well, so he, Dan gives it four stars. Coy gives it two. No, you'd hate. Listen, just trust me. You'll hate this movie. Don't see this what, movie. What's, what's the pitch? No, no spoilers pitch. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it a scary movie? It's a funny. No. Yeah, Can't stop there. It. Okay, I'm not going to like it. But I'll add it to my watches anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny. I'll nope, tell you. I'll tell you off air what it is and why you won't like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. Little Miss Sunshine. Keep meaning to return to that. Yeah. Amelie has more challenging material than I remembered. Yeah, a, a lot of these ones that I only vaguely remember, I would definitely have to revisit before I would stick them on my kids. The, the thing, the, the good thing is that when I sort by rating and I look at the five stars, I don't have to revisit those movies because they're movies. They're like my absolute favorite movies in the world, and I know all about them. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes when they're older, like Dirty Dancing, I want to go back to make sure there's like not super explicit homophobia that I don't have to pause the movie and explain them and have my kids hate me. But I really try not to do that, by the way. Yeah, or like some some random fridging. Oh, you know, it's uh, we're getting near the end of Act One. Why don't we uh, have a yeah. sexual assault? It's about we're about due, aren't we? I, and speaking of that, maybe one final bit on this topic. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really try on first whenever I show my kids the movie for the first time not to say anything during the whole movie. It is very difficult for me, as you know, <laughs> to do that. But I really try very hard to just keep my mouth shut. On the first viewing, second viewing, or yeah. when the movie is over, all bets are off. Here's, the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I wish it were that simple. I wish it were <laughs> as simple as I'm going to try not to. But here's the thing. Why is my family, whom I love more than anything, why are they so uncannily able to pick exactly the worst conceivable moment to, 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 to talk to talk amongst themselves, to talk amongst themselves or look at a picture of a dog. Yeah. And like, you just yep. missed the most critical glance uh-huh. in this movie. My daughter you will goes not to the understand phone. the rest of this movie until you understand that glance. Uh-huh. And my now, daughter goes to the phone right at the dramatic moment. Uh, like you have to look at the screen well, or now you won't I've know hung, what's happening. I've hung a lantern on it. And now, you know, Hey, you ever notice uh, Bruce Willis and the colors? <sighs> anyway, Okay, so um, movies are fun. Movies! Hey! This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Eero. You can learn more about Eero right now by visiting eero.com slash diffs. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash D-I-F-F-S. Listen, let's start with an article of faith. Spotty Wi-Fi is the worst. It is crazy frustrating. But Eero is Wi-Fi that your home deserves. This is what you've always needed, friends, because you need fast, reliable Wi-Fi wherever and whenever you need it because you deserve it. And Eero does this by blanketing your whole home with the Wi-Fi reliability that you want. It eliminates poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering. And with Eero, you'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it to be. And for a limited time, Eero's mesh Wi-Fi system starts at just $79. That's crazy. So now is the time to upgrade. Eero uh, sets up in just a few minutes. This is true. I would say uh, it probably won't take less than 10 minutes. I'd be surprised if it took more than 20 minutes. I'm talking like from scratch. This thing is so easy and so fun to use. And boy, their app is really, really good. It plugs right into your modem or your router box. You manage everything from their dead simple app. That's not entirely true. It's not totally It's dead simple to use, but it's extremely powerful. And it is my official favorite app for doing things with things. I love the Eero app. It even lets you pause the Wi-Fi for dinner, and it can alert you if a new device attempts to join your network. That is pretty cool. We have these uh, in our tiny house. I have uh, an Eero with four beacons, and it blankets uh, everywhere. Blankets, blankets, blankets. It's a blanket party. So much Wi-Fi. Highly recommended. Uh, Here's the thing. With Eero, you're not going to get any more buffering in the bedroom. No more complaints of the Xbox with the bad signal. And no more worrying that your security camera will be offline. No more stuttering video on those conference calls. Am I right, people? Eero has fixed the Wi-Fi woes of so many people. Let it fix yours, too. And you can get this fixed as soon as tomorrow. If you go to Eero.com slash diffs, that's D-I-F-F-S, and enter the offer code diffs at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O.com slash diffs, D-I-F-F-S, offer code diffs at checkout, and you're going to get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. Say it thrice, and it's almost like praying. Eero.com slash diffs, offer code diffs, our thanks to Eero for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. And we're back. And we're back. Go ahead. I did not make sauce, but I did make uh, a third try, a third uh, method of ziti. 
So I want to just uh, recap some events in the uh, in the MCU. Why does this. this need to happen? Can't we just talk like men? Does it? Yeah, does this it is always the talking have to like be? men part right now. No, you're um, just slapping me in the face with 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 your no, lips or I'm, I'm just going to give <sighs> a dry retelling of events that happened. All right. Uh, after I look it up, um, it, for some reason, after our last recording <sighs> session, like we talked about, we'd made the funny joke about ragu and it's just the thing for some Francesco reason, right. for some reason, right? So, like, we we Were did you that. You basically show. laid down the law with me that I'm not allowed to make dinner for my family anymore unless and until I make it in the style to which you no, have become I'd, accustomed. And I had been recommending like you should definitely try making your own sauce. It's not that hard. Blah blah blah. And we talked about it. And it made is funny hard. Jokes it's, about it's hard and it's difficult. Yes, and all and all the things. And then you know, then the recording ended, and we all signed off, and yada yada. It was done. After that was all done, you sent me a, a text message to the effect of something. I can't find it now because search sucks, but something effective that said, "Hey, if you send me a sauce recipe, I might try it." Yeah, you sent me a fantastic multi-page multi-page which, recipe. But, which, let me just say, which I was shocked by because we have conversations about jarred sauce versus making stuff in, for uh, years and nothing uh, ever happens. It's like Millennium uh, Actress. It's not like you're ever actually going to do it. But you, oh unprompted essentially, texted me and said, hey, here's the thing I would like from you. And I'm like, okay, I can deliver that. Why can't I just, in these, amidst these troubled, challenging times, why can't I just live my life for a little while without you whipping out the yardstick to see if I'm up to your standard no, that you have arbitrary. Yes, there's standards. No, I'm just retelling events that happened. Okay, you're doing so way more than retelling. I was very surprised by you asking for you a recipe. You're so much weirder than me, and I never call you on it. I, <laughs> I suffer this foolishness gladly in the interest of the show. You make me out to be such a weirdo. Right, you are right, so right. much weirder try, than try I am. To, try about to internalize. So many try to internalize your self hatred for a second. Let me finish the story. All right. No, no, it's really more the way that a lot of people talk to women is the way you talk to me. And then you say, why are you so hysterical? That's honey? sexist. <laughs> no, you're sexist. You do that. All right. So I, uh, I, was I wanted surprised. to get, if you had it e- easily nearby, I did want to have it because I would like to try it at some point. It, uh, if we have like a weekend, we could do it. You made this request. I was surprised. Now, I, now I'm faced with a problem. What do I do about this? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, no, you, what do you, I'm what not do you do, do about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I, here's, mm-hmm. I know that this is not mm-hmm. a thing that you're super into and mm-hmm. like i want to make it so that you can mm-hmm. do this and i just got done telling you oh it's not a big deal it's pretty easy to do you should try it you yeah. make a lot at once like even though it seems like a lot yeah, of trouble you get we have a that lot of... giant giant refrigerator in our giant giant house yeah exactly mm-hmm. you put it in yeah. a deep freeze right? we, have, we have a toy we have a slightly larger than dorm sized toy refrigerator you, you, you that will be fine putting gallons and gallons of hot sauce in, in you bury it in the uh the the backyard <sighs> with the bucket with the earthquake bucket right so, where that is. So, anyway. so what are you going to do? Oh my God, you're at sixes and sevens. How right. do you even confront this? The, the 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 existence of me having a printed out piece of paper that I haven't acted on yet. All right. No, 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 not that part. Like, what do I send you? That's the question. What do I send you? Right. Oh, I see. Right. So my pitch was to you. This is a fairly straightforward thing. Doesn't have a lot of ingredients. It's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But you know me. Like that's true. But there are well, also details. just to be clear here, you are you, a distinction you make often, which I appreciate, is the difference between a method and a recipe. In this case, I I understand the method for how you make pasta, uh, dried pasta, but I um, I don't know the recipe for how you make sauce, and that is a horse of a different color. Right. So the recipe is really simple. It has a very small number of ingredients. You essentially take them all into a put them take them all. You dump them in a giant pot and you make them hot. Like that's the recipe. 
right? So I tried to give you that, I think, at the top. No, I gave you a prereq. Prereq was, I don't want to overcomplicate this, but if you want to make me, if you want to make meatballs and sausage, do that. Mm-hmm. Like, however you want. Like, I did, but I didn't want to say you have to do that, because you don't. Like, if you want to do that, fine, do it. Like, sausage, yeah. you can just buy that from the store and throw it in. Meatballs, whatever, find your own meatball recipe, like, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then, here comes the sauce recipe, which has a small number, of, <laughs> so, yeah, small number of ingredients, uh-huh. and you essentially put them all in a pot and make them hot. Like, that's the whole so freaking recipe. It's so easy. Right? Right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah then, with, all, with all the ample, ample ingredients we have in this time of plenty, yeah. I'm just going to go put those in the pot. You don't need to do this today or this no. year. No, no. <laughs> it's just there for you if you ever turn yes. to it, right? Mm-hmm. But then after, after the short, succinct, straightforward recipe came, now here's the part where I dump out my entire brain about this simple recipe and tell you what's the deal. Because I feel this way a lot when I read recipes too. They're like, oh, uh, here are the ingredients. Put this and this in a bowl. Fold this, knead this, put this in a thing, and you're done. And you do it, and you're like, this came out like garbage. Mm-hmm. There's obviously more. There must to be something more to this. Than, right? On the flip side of that, as we know and have all made fun of, there are the recipes that were like, when I was a boy in Normandy. And they start this whole <laughs> biographical story. And it's like, I don't need to hear your life story. Just tell me how to if make the freaking thing. If you have never picked your own herbs Provençal, you right. don't know really and, and, how to make the French food. And the girl next door, we had such uh, fun together. And we would go out on uh, on uh, picnics in the woods. And we would gather mushrooms. Like, just tell me how to make them. Feel. Right. So... But the skip, thing, there the, should be a skip anecdote. Maybe somebody like Stephen Frank could just make a skip anecdote. But right, I don't want the anecdotes. But what I do want, and I think what what a lot of these you know modern cooking shows and YouTube channels know is like, as part of the recipe, they need to teach you how to cook. They need to teach you the techniques because you don't know them. Like so, if they say like need you know need the dough for whatever until whatever point. If you've never needed dough before, have no idea what you're even looking for or how kneading works or how much is too much or is it too dry or too wet like there are whole books just other you could go to school just learning that one thing but in the recipe it's represented by a single line of text yeah right and so that's always what i'm looking for in recipes that i don't know how to do yeah it says chop this do that do this like this shorthand in recipes but you have to know when you see that shorthand this is what this means and here's how you can screw this up if you make the pieces too big, you'll screw it up. If you make the pieces too small, you'll screw it up. If you <laughs> the chop them three hours under ingredient notes, oh, you're just like what you have to say about tomatoes is so freaking funny. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> oh, this 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 recipe has three ingredients. You can't well, screw it up. So, we're sure clear. so the recipe is the class, but then there's the reserve rating. Yeah, then you have to know like if there's three ingredients that like those ingredients are probably really important because if you screw one of them up, that's one third mm-hmm. of the whole. Like, say you get. Yeah, the wrong kind of tomatoes. That's the whole thing. The whole yeah. it's just tomatoes. Like no, you get... the good business like Cento. Cento is out there. Cento is now out here, and they're they're having to uh, apologize for their San Marzanos. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, the authenticity. And all. So uh-huh. I uh-huh. what I tried to give you was brief prerequisite, fairly straightforward recipe, very long brain dump on all the different this nuances. Is very very of this. well done. Very well done. All right, and of course your immediate description was. John lays on this giant four-page document that I didn't even ask for. Oh, I'm so burdened. A, you hmm? did ask what? for it, and B, no, I'm just whoa, trying whoa, 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 to give whoa, whoa, whoa. you. First the of all, what voice thing. was that? Second that's, of that's all, you complaining about me? You're my podcast. friend, and I am able. You're my worst friend, but I am <laughs> able and permitted to reach out to you in the service of something like this. But then you, what you don't about get it. is a guarantee that I'll do it now. 
No, you complained about me sending I you the thing that I had. Complain. You absolutely did. You went on Dubai Friday and you're like, I, I can't believe I that he sent me this. I don't think I complained. I, I can't believe he sent me this giant thing. Oh, well, I'm grateful a, that you put this monster. together. I'm extremely what a, grateful. What a monster who would send okay. Anyway, I did send you a long right. thing. It's nice. Oh. I like it. It's on our refrigerator right now. Yeah. Our tiny, I even, tiny refrigerator. And, and here's what I did, although you don't know this and probably don't care. Here. I, did you do that I thing where you, you said, once you discover the, the word elephant in here, uh, let me know? That kind of thing that teachers do with the syllabus? Is that the no, idea? No, what, what I did was I sent you a modified version of the recipe I make, modified in a way to make it more straightforward. Okay. So I have to do less explaining, right? <laughs> also, colon, no weird spices or, quote, Italian seasoning added, please. That's super important because, like, if, if most <laughs> of the recipe... I just a new jar of Italian seasoning. You know week. how, like, you can get, like, tomatoes in a can, but they're, like, pre-seasoned with something? Like, mm-hmm. you can do it with yeah. black beans. So think, uh, black beans. You can get black beans in a can, and you well, can so get seasoned avocado seasoned and guacamole. Like, there's so, some people say that's the same thing, and boy, those sure aren't the same thing. Yeah. And, it, like, 90% of this recipe is tomatoes. So if you get some, like, pre-spiced, quote-unquote, Italian seasoning tomatoes in a can, that's your whole sauce right there, and you've basically ruined it because I'm saying in this recipe, do not get those. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want. If I just say canned tomatoes, you're like, I can get any canned tomatoes, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I'm uh, grateful for you. Thank you for sending this. I appreciate if it. If and when you ever decide to undertake this project, it's mm-hmm. a thing that it, you it can do. It seems very ambitious. I'll, I'll, uh, it's fun for the whole family. Yes. People, uh, oh, my kid loves to cook with me. She's so into it. Yeah. You can pre you can pre-size your freezer space and say, here's the cubic, yes. cubic inches I have available in the freezer. I should get rid of that ice machine we have. That disgusting ice. You absolutely should. Do you have any idea how good our water is here? Do you have even the slightest idea how good our water is? Is that like sarcasm? Is it very good? It is. Very good is our water. You think? San Francisco water is renowned. Disagree. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, San Francisco is a big place. I can't. I haven't had water at your actual house. It's actually a very small place. But I have. Where have I? I think. Have I only ever had water in hotels in San Francisco? That may be true. You're not drinking that W water, are you? What's that other one you stay at the Ambassador Hotel? What's that place called? What's the place? Uh, Park, uh, Park 55. Eh, uh, yeah. Where did I stay when I went on vacation? Anyway, there? our water is very good. I'm going to do this. I don't, I'm done committing to anything anymore. But can I give you some I'm, ZD I'm follow-up? I'm not looking for a commitment. Are I'm you just, done? I'm Are you done? Can I do a ZD it. follow-up? Go ahead. I did, uh, oh, I'm not going to say I did anything because with you, it's just, you're the worst. But um, I, I, um, I think what you've been counseling for the last several rounds of ZD was don't overthink this. This is not lasagna. You don't need to be stacking all these different things. And I think your counsel was something along the lines of just put it all in a big trough and stir it up and pour it in. Homogenous, like concrete. Um, I received rave reviews for uh, the latest uh, Meaty ZD committee uh, mm. evening. Yeah, no, it was, it was real good. And part of it was out of the, um, the privations of these troubling times, which is that, uh, eh, without going into too much detail, you shoe leather, but it was good. No, no. But so one thing that I do is when, uh, it's so hard to get stuff right now, especially mm. if you're getting like a delivery, but you, you, it's catch as catch can, you get it. And when I get stuff like meats, I bag them up with our food saver. I pre-portion into, you know, sensible sizes usually like one pound um you know what food saver is this thing where it sucks the air up i know it is yeah they're they're amazing um and that's a great way to package stuff like if you get a bunch of like a costco delivery or something like that or costco trip and you've got uh, different kinds of meats it's a great way to package stuff up and like pre-weigh it and you'll know exactly what you're dealing with um 
And so what did I do? First of all, we were out of ZD. Somehow we, we finally ran out of ZD. So I had to use Penne, which is fine. It was fine. Um, um, but what did I do differently this time? I used an almost equal amount of mild Italian sausage and ground beef. So a little more sausage than I usually put in. But the main difference was I, I sort of along the lines of what you suggested was um, I, I browned the meat and the onion. I did also use less onion. I don't think I need a full or even three quarters of an onion. I did like a little over half an onion. Or any. Okay. And uh, so I browned that and sauteed the onion and then uh, drained that off and poured in the, uh, the authentic Italian sauce. And then, you know, what I ended up doing was uh, I had a wild hair. And I thought, huh, huh, huh. I put in some mozzarella. But you know what I did? I put in a metric butt ton of ricotta into the hot sauce and stirred it up. I was a little worried that it might like curdle it or something. Nope, nope. But no, it just melted it and made it into a cheese sauce, a cheesy tomatoey sauce. Long story short, I poured pour that all into the thing, put tons more mozzarella and Parmesan on top and a little bit of Italian seasoning. And uh, it was so freaking good. And you could cut it like lasagna. It was so solid. The other ones you couldn't even sit on. But th this one, so good. It turned out great. And the family loved it. That's all I want to say about that. So kudos to you. I think your suggestions uh, are a value part of our community. Yeah, well, the only thing I would add to the, the creating a homogenous slurry, as you've done, is there is a, uh, like, when you're mixing something like that, like, let's take, let's just take the red part and the white part. You've got, mm -hmm. you've got your cheese and you've got your sauce. Uh, when they're separate, they're totally separate, red and white. If you just chuck one on top of each other, it's just clumps of, uh, clumps of white on red. Yeah. If you were to put them in a blender, you can make something pink out of that. Right? It's like a bolognese kind of. Right, that's that's mm. too much as far as I'm concerned. What I'm yeah, looking yeah, for, yeah, I used a little more than I should, but I also, if I'd had more time, um, I would have let it sit at room temperature a little bit before I put it in. I mean, one thing that sucks is like if you're trying to do the lasagna, though. I personally, I mean, I'm not much of a cook, but I, I have a hard time getting anywhere near an even distribution when it's cold and you're spooning it out, you know, your one cup of ricotta or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, it worked out so great. It did make a very thick cheesy sauce but so what oh to your point i was basically cutting up the ricotta as i was putting it in if that makes any sense so i would do like a put a splorch of it in and mm -hmm. then sort of cut it up and then just keep turning it over and over and over anyway uh thumbs up it turned out really good i would would, would do it again yeah my, my recommended ratio is i want something that looks red with an even distribution of white dots that's, I can understand that's how, that. That's, that's how far i go in terms of the how nice mixed. thing about i think the nice thing i'm guessing um, you're, you're the one who knows physics here, but it seems to me that all that extra cheese in there did make it like firm up more where it's more fun to eat. Like my daughter likes eating her big pastas on a plate and I'm always like, mm, are you sure? Mm -hmm. I think it's going to run all over the place. Do you, in this do you case, know about was, the, uh, the toasty edges, by the way, speaking of base po baked yeah, pastas? That you know, it's done when the uh, little, little boys are sticking out and crunchy. That, yeah, that's, that's an essential part of the eating of the baked pastas. You got to have those little crunchy boys. Oh, I love the crunchy parts. Got to have them. If you, if you don't have any crunchies, it's not done. I love, so she does not like the super cheesy top, but I love the contrast of the, um, mm -hmm. the, uh, kind of the, what's the word I'm looking for? Texture? The stringy, the stringy mozzarella cheese on mm -hmm. top and yeah. the, the, the aggregate below. Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. the essential thing. A little, you got to have browning on the, on the top layer of cheese. If she doesn't like it, she can just scrape it up and move it away underneath. You got the concretion. I didn't read this whole recipe, but if I wanted to use just the kind of parsley they put on the side of your plate, that's fine if I use that, right? If I have nope. that. 
Nope. Okay. What if what if it's dried? If I've dried parsley? Nope. 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 This, it doesn't need it doesn't need to be a. That's the thing. Right? Like a recipe is a lot of times you read them and it'll say parsley and it's like you're just gonna say parsley because you have no idea what people are gonna do with that <laughs> fresh or dried Italian or curly uh-huh. like. You now, I, I, now, I know I'm an ignoramus in your books, but, but I do know that the Italian parsley is the only way to fly. That, that other For this like recipe. Parsley. I mean, well, I mean, who puts that know. bitter stuff on the side of your plate stuff in food? Probably, there's some, probably some dish that calls for that. that well, wrong without it. I don't want to be that guy, but like, I can't tell you how many times I've been around people and they see parsley as an ingredient and they get that non-Italian parsley. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why, that's why you specify. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why you leave a note. Damn. So, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I know people yeah. are going to ask this question. I yeah. know we probably waited too long in the podcast, and now we're going to have to uh, read lots of people asking us this question. People want to know, can I have the recipe? The answer is no. Okay. I'll tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because I'm withholding some super secret. As Merlin has seen, this is not a super secret recipe. The reason I'm withholding it is because I don't want to deal with people making a I recipe. I know why. I know it's the same re- reason you possi- charge a lot for front and center. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to support my, this recipe. Yeah. Making people make this recipe and A, telling me they don't like it. Yep. Or B, asking me for tips on how they make it. There are a million recipes for pasta sauce. The reason I gave Merlin this one is because it's Mm -hmm. the one I have, and it is super simple. It is a boring pasta sauce. If you want a good pasta sauce. You can get essentially the same thing John has here. Depending on how you feel about meat, I would get um, ragu. um, It is not sauce. Yeah, well, it's very similar. If you get that in a jar. Nope. Not and then you could all. get like some crumbles, like you go, go to your bodega and get some meat, meat crumbles. But but if you find a recipe for homemade pasta sauce, mm-hmm. find one that you like, make it. And all, all I'm promoting is the idea that you make it. There is no super secret to my sauce that has like five ingredients. There's no secret ingredient there, not in weird, complicated ratios. You put it all on a pot and you make it hot. I yeah. don't. And you're right about me not wanting to support it. So that's it. I know by by not, uh, you know, what is your obsession with my, uh, you know, forbidden positive mystery? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I'm increasing the allure by doing this, but honestly, I just don't want to have to deal with it. Maybe someday I'll put it up on my website and just say, here, if you're really desperate. But honestly, that two pages of explanation I put at the end is yeah. necessary. Because if I just put the ingredients, there are so many ways you can screw it up. Yeah. I mean, it's a, otherwise, you know, if it's going to be in the Norton Anthology, you're going to want all that. The other thing I notice is that a lot of the recipes that I enjoy and I feel like I'm uh, trying to improve uh iterate i'm trying to simplify that there's a lot of recipes where i'm constantly using fewer ingredients for whatever reason maybe it's an experiment but like i'm pretty confident in my instant pot stew abilities at this point Mm -hmm. not least because it's impossibly simple which is like it's like it's stew meat and carrots, peewee potatoes. Uh, I I leave out the parsnip. The parsnip, who cares? Like it's yeah, just I've, leave I've it out. that for years. Yeah, I mean, don't need as much onion probably as you think. You don't really need the garlic unless you like the garlic. It depends on what you like. Now, you know what did make a difference? Again, I I'm not. I sound like I'm full of myself. I also got good reviews for my latest change to the stew, which is just adding more tomato paste. More mm-hmm. tomato paste mm-hmm. is so much umami. You don't need as much salt. And it's just really super good. And then instant, you know, instant pot, the whole thing's done in under an hour. It's great. Like that's killing me with beef stew lately is we've made it so many times, like we don't look at recipes anymore. And then I'll make it and it'll be in the instant pot and all it'll mm-hmm. be all closed off and cooking. it. But like, oh my God, I didn't even put in the carrots and they'll be sitting there on the counter. Oh, this has happened God, to me like yes. three times. Like one ingredient that I will forget to put in, especially since my, I have a modified technique where I do, 
I do the meat cooking and and meat and some vegetable cooking and then secondarily more delicate vegetables in a second phase. I'm, I'm overcomplicating it probably, but I don't do I don't you, like everything is it to be an instant pot or regular just instant pot, top. right? Okay. I like the meat to be just totally falling do apart. Do you saute it in the instant pot? Uh, I do it on the the stove. I do yeah, it on the stove top because I don't. I think I don't it's like it's a little cute anything. to do it in the pot. It, it's a ba- it's bad at that job. It's just not good at that job. It is bad at that, and you've got to do. It's not getting a good. In my case, anyway, it's not getting a really good sear. Yeah, I, I do. do I the, do two the, runs of, um, and also it's easier to drain that way too. Yeah, and it gets splatter everywhere. So anyway, I, mm-hmm. I do I do the meat and the hearty stuff, and then I you know do do a manual release as they say mm-hmm. and uh and then i do a second phase with the delicate veggies like peas and stuff uh peas i don't even put in until the very end but the carrots Our version you do a saute a hard saute at the end after you've done the release and then you if you want to put in um cornstarch slurry no, or cornstarch no well, yeah, just a little. It doesn't take a lot, John. It's a tablespoon. It's a tablespoon anyway, of cornstarch and a tablespoon of water for the for the peas and frozen corn. Frozen peas and frozen corn. Ooh, I corn. literally put them in like before serving because there's so much yes. heat in there. Yes, like they do not need to be cooked. They're no, all ready the peas, to go. The peas will be gross. No, 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 no. Now, when I make now, I should send you my recipe or method for what I call bachelor pasta, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, get it out of your system. Go ahead. No, it's just really thinking of the, the Bachelor Chow from uh, Futurama. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know what? Never mind. No, no you tell don't me, get tell it. me, tell nope, me. Nope, I made your you sausage tonight. Come on, you'll never no, know what I'll do. No, 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 no. Tell, tell me the Bachelor pasta. I, I think you may have told this, me this uh, I read it in a book, in, uh, in uh, a men's book. Not, not a, a small sex planet. book. Not a yeah. sex book. No, no, no. It's uh, it was, it was a book I loved in college called something like uh, Rules for the Modern Man or something like that. Hmm. And anyway, bachelor pasta, it's uh, you make pasta. And then you add butter and garlic salt and pepper and peas. And then you eat it. Eat it up good. Now, the key to that is you make that. And if you just toss, if you were to toss in the peas, frozen peas, like right before you drain the water, you'll still be fine. Mm-hmm. It Peas need so little cooking. Now, if you're looking for a nice uh, late-night snack, bachelor pasta, buddy, I'm telling you. It's real good. And then some Parmesan cheese. Woof. So good. I'm never going to make that recipe. Why is that? Why is that? Because you like to make your own <laughs> pasta from scratch. <laughs> you, I'm super picky about pasta things. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You don't use yeah, garlic I, salt. I have my own version of that, which I think I've described. Think you could also, if you want to fancy it up a little bit, you could get that garlic in cubes that you keep in the freezer, and yeah. then you, you take that out, and it just kind of it melts real nice in it. Yeah. My, my kids, by the way, peas are their enemy. I put them in so many things, and they just, they to this day, <laughs> what they you cannot just Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like the thing is, I, I give them dishes. Book? Did you have that book for your kids? Like, like learn how to hide food in their food. Yeah. No. The problem is the peas. Like we have tube pasta with peas, and a, and a pea goes into one of the tubes of pasta. It's the end of the world to this day. They're like, oh, oh my it's god, that's like that uh, this one had a thing where you can't look at holes, right? <sighs> What's it called? What's the thing where you're scared of uh, Mac Pros? Tricka, tricka, Tripa. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I bet people they think it's upsetting when a pea goes into a tube. Yeah, they do. I like peas in my things. Kids don't, so sometimes I just leave them out so I don't have to hear the belly aching. I just mm-hmm. put in more. I just put in more corn, which is probably not as good for them, but whatever. Yeah, we don't we don't swim in your toilet. Please don't pee in our pool. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else before we wrap up here? Yeah, I just had one uh, a new secret weird thing popped up. Oh yeah, yeah, I did notice that. What is it? It's this. I was relaying <laughs> this. To, this is another one of those, the ones that sneaks up in you. I was relaying uh, the story to my wife. I'm like. 
uh, look at this weird thing that these people do because it was like the, the second or third it's person. A, it's I, one of your flying monkeys is now joining in the Alex posse. Of course, Todd is there performatively eating popcorn weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's 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 <laughs> related. But this was a similar thing where like I, I knew this was a thing with one person, but then I saw it with two more people. And I'm like, hey, did you know that person X and person Y also do this weird thing that person Z does? And I described what the weird thing was. And the weird thing was... Um, Basically, people don't like to touch bananas. I, I met one person who was like this, and I thought, that's pretty weird. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that, because I either I had eaten a banana in front of them, or I had described the act of eating a banana. They're like, wait a second, you touched the banana? I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> I peel- described the act of eating a banana. <laughs> okay. Because they don't like, like the consistency, because the way they feel, they're kind of icky. I mean, that's, I, I really went deep with the first person who told me, like, what's there? Because when I eat a banana, I remove the peel. By mm-hmm. peeling it, like, and let's not get into arguments of what end to peel it from, blah, blah, whatever. You remove oh, the peel. On, just, yeah, it's a the life peel goes in, thing. The peel yeah. goes in the garbage. Oh, I'm left with the banana. banana like a monkey. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Well, I'm left with the banana, mm-hmm. uh, and then I eat it. And, and, and this person was like, wait a second, you take the peel all the way off the banana, and then you touch the banana with your hand? And I was like, bananas aren't going to bite you. Oh, you're supposed to use, like, a case, like, like in a cartoon, like, eat it peeled down? Yeah, like they're mm. like, oh, I would never touch the banana. Like, like touching the banana is like touching your own poop or something. That's like, mm. it's not. And they're like, but then banana gets on your hand. I'm like, does it though? Like, mm. I mean, I suppose. I guess maybe it you could, have but a napkin there. I think some people like, probably are don't you like digging the texture. your fingers into the banana. Yeah, now maybe it's a texture issue. Yeah. Maybe it's a sensitivity issue. Maybe it's a cleanliness issue because I suppose a banana is not as like mark free as like the outside of an apple and that when you touch it and you remove your hands from it there may be something on your hands from the banana but mm-hmm. honestly my entire and i thought this person this this is this is an odd thing a secret weird thing about them they just weren't big on touching bananas so fine file that away then i met like two more people recently who were like had the same thing they mm. were shocked when someone described the fact that they touched like a naked banana Right, that, that, that they would take the peel all the way off the banana, like, oh my god! And you touch the banana; that it's on the inside. Weird. That is like weird. it's burning hot or something, or like you can't touch it. And I was like, all right, this is a secret weird thing now, because I don't know how. Am I the weird one who touches mm-hmm. the naked banana, or are there like maybe it's just like a, a a two a two worlds thing where half the world won't touch the banana and half the world will, and they think they all they think the other half is crazy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you: Do you touch the banana? Um, yeah, I do. <clears throat> I mean, I don't eat a lot of bananas because they, as discussed on a episode of, uh, the talk show called the banana window. Um, it seems like you only get <clears throat> maybe like, and I'm doing a bit here, but it really, you've got like less than a day for a banana, you know, changes that's sides. An- that's another you. secret weird thing is like, how, how big is your banana window? Some people have a pretty big banana window. Some people have a banana window that's like 30 seconds long. I mean, I'm trying to avoid so many bits here. Mm-hmm. I just, I like bananas okay. Here's the thing with fruit. When it comes to all fruit, I'm just going to be a, a boy about this. If somebody cuts up fruit and puts it in a bowl for me, <laughs> I will eat all of it. You're very if, much like my children. Well, and if it's not given to me in a bowl cut up, I'll just, I'll just go eat crab legs or something. <laughs> and so I don't eat a ton of bananas, but when I do, I enjoy it. There's one... Yeah, somebody in and my you family. T- and when you do, you touch it. You take the peel off and you pick the banana. Well, I mean, I do it a little bit like I'm in a cartoon. But like my one thing is there's somebody in my family who does eat bananas and they don't like wasting food. So the, the, the person in my family who will eat half of a exactly cut off exactly mm, half a banana. Yeah, yeah. And then the exposed banana sits there and I'm like, mm-hmm. who's that for? Who's going to return to that banana? Setting that my aside. Mo- my mother would if you were actually asking. 
that there are Ew, certain gross. people in this world who will Ew. come to the banana that's been on the counter for literal days and it has the brown end and they'll just peel it the rest of the way I, and just eat that banana. Some people love stuff like that. Um, no, I usually will. I mean, I've done both. I don't have a strong feeling about it, but I guess because I was a kid who grew up, you know, watching McGilla Gorilla or whatever, I'll, I'll do yeah. the, the the handle. Yeah. So so anyway, but that, I'm, that I'm, neither, I'm not the, neither, you know, I'm not attracted or repulsed by anything banana related that I'm aware of. I should probably see a shrink. And and that led me to generalize to the thing you were just referring to, which is the, I forget who was the first one to do this, is, but anyway, eating popcorn with like a utensil. Either you're eating popcorn with a spoon, eating popcorn <sighs> with chopsticks. I yeah. don't remember the origin of this. It's the uh, thing, thing Alex says she does. Because, you know, she's she's colorful. She wants to be colorful. It's not just Alex. It was Todd doing it too. I have another friend because, who was because eating Because Alex with is out there going, hey, everybody, let's talk about my phone case. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> she does these little things where she's like, hey, internet, why doesn't everybody throw shit in my head? Oh, look at me. <laughs> well, so here's, here's the unifying thing. I'm thinking that maybe it's like a sensory thing. Like, because both of these things, both bananas and popcorns, have like that touching them may leave a thing on your fingers. Alexandra claims that they do not want to get the dust and the butter things onto their fingers, and thus a spoon is invoked, which I think is extremely weird. That's like saying I don't like to drive a car, so like I'm going to drive a car on a car or something. It just it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense to me. Just don't eat popcorn. Like, what, what's wrong with you? And I feel like they're like, what's the limit there? Like, because potato chips, for example, ruffles ridged potato chips. If mm-hmm. you touch them, you'll get some That's stuff true. on your fingers. Right? If you eat bachelor pasta with your hands in a movie theater... Yeah. That's going to be a famously, mess. famously yeah. Cheetos. You get the orange fingers. <laughs> like there's just no two ways about it. You're going to you eat Cheetos. Mm-hmm. You can eat a bag of Cheetos. You're going to get orange fingers, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. And I think that people who don't want to touch the banana, that don't want to touch the popcorn, <laughs> probably don't want to touch the Cheetos. I'm trying to figure out is it is it the fact that something leaves the food item and sticks to your fingers, or the is fingers the putting something on the banana, or is it just a plain texture thing? Like what if you had no or butter, like, or no salt, or you're popcorn? afraid of making it gross with your hands? Yeah, I, that's a that's actually that's a pretty good question. I mean, now, am I the monster? Somebody could look at me and say, like, you know, why don't you eat soup with your hands? I'm like, well, why, yeah, why don't I just, just use a stick spoon? your whole butt into the bowl of popcorn? <laughs> it's like your whole mouth is in the dip. <laughs> uh huh. You know what you can do with a popcorn box? You dipped the chip. Uh huh. You took a bite. Yeah. Double dip. You dipped again. Double dip. Yeah. It was at the funeral? Remember, George at the funeral. Yeah. He wants to get his uh, his flight covered. He needs to get a copy of the death certificate. So anyway, that's my new secret weird thing is uh, people who don't want to touch popcorns and bananas. Uh, it's not a secret weird thing that I do, but I think uh, as I find an increasing number of people who act like that, it starts to make it higher likelihood that I am the weird one and everyone else just does not want to touch a naked banana. I'm going to think I'm going to think on this because this gets into uh, this whole range of interesting food things. Like, you know, do you eat the skin on a baked potato, for example? Or do you eat whatever that stuff is on the outside of, like, uh, salami? (laughs) Whatever that stuff is. Well, there's the casing. There's the casing Mm. part that is definitely... Some of them are in plastic, though. What's that? Sometimes in the crappier ones, the outside of the thing is like... This is our concern, dude, is mm. that sometimes that's just a a probably... Well, sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes you're not mm-hmm. sure. Like you get some of that weird, not weird, but sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I think it's interesting what people do and don't eat of food. There mm-hmm. are some people 
who uh, have a have a relationship with parts of food that I think are interesting. Like somebody like uh, like an Elliot Kalin is is famous for you know eating all the parts of the chicken, like as much <laughs> including as including the bones. Including she digests in his in his tiger stomach. <laughs> yeah, and nothing comes out. It's just very acidic. Yeah, you can't fit a hand in there. All you cool cats and kittens. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that, I'm going to think on this because I bet there are more of these. Yeah, and you should take a survey of your family, just now if you've never noticed before. Um, or here, try this. If you happen to have bananas, take the peel all the way off the banana, and after after clearing it, say say to someone in your house, "Hey, do you want a banana?" They say yes because they're a banana person. Peel every <laughs> peel every part of the peel off the banana. Throw the peel in the garbage. Carry yeah. the banana over to the person and say, "Here you go," and see if they like. Oh my God, you're trying to hand me a naked banana? Like I'm gonna touch that with my hands? Are you insane? <laughs> or if they just take the banana from you and eat it. Okay, adding it to my list. <clears throat> Banana person test. All right. You're never going to remember what that means. Sure won't. 